Hello, folks, and welcome to Five Stripe Final, Atlanta United's one and only highly distributed audio discussion that happens post-game. I'm Sam Jones. He's Joe Patrick. Like Chris McCann, we're being paid too much to be here. Oh, and by the way, Zeke! Woo! <laughs> oh, man. What a I, goal. I walked in here like Vince McMahon strutting down, strutting down the ramp. Oh, so good. So it's what we've been waiting for. Oh, it's absolutely. what we've been waiting for the whole preseason. The oh, two games of it. But still, it's what we've been waiting We talked about it in the last stage, Dad, where we were waiting for a spark, something. We saw a forest fire tonight from Zeke. He was insane. He was so yeah, good. It was, it was incredible, man. It was so good. Even before the goal, I mean, like everything good that was happening with Atlanta United was going through him. Um, man, it was just... So good to see. I cannot wait to see more of it. I think it'll only get better from here, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And the spacing was so much better uh, on the le- on that left channel. The way- What you kept talking about with Miguel and everything like that, they figured it out a little bit more. Zeke found his spot and was able to make a whole lot of things happen. But we'll talk about that more. Let's go ahead and get in to the action. Game kind of opened up. It was a real boring 20 minutes there. So, uh, But Five Stripes finally started getting some shots in, started making some things happen. Uh, but couldn't get anything across. There was a couple times where they just kind of booted it right at Matt, Matt Lampson's face, essentially, and he just had to be in the way to keep it from going in. A couple good chances, though. Zeke created one of them on a great run in from the wing. Uh, played Miguel in behind. Excellent through ball. Excellent run. Uh, just That was the first real flash I think we saw from him. That was uh, great. It was, was a great. precursor, you know. Uh, but nothing happened in that first half. They had in the break. Nil-nil. And then... In the 52nd minute, our boy Chris McCann shows up. Nice little oh, foul. Chris. Oh, Chris, buddy. Buddy pal. We were, he wasn't going to get through this game without making his presence known. Especially because we were being very positive about him for like exactly. five seconds <laughs> exactly. there before everything happened. He played it really. It really ball. reminds me. It reminds me of myself. Like whenever, whenever <laughs> thing, like things are going well in life, you know, like sure. start to feel confident. You know, people people start to congratulate me on the way things are going. You know, usually just do something to you know kick it down a level. You know, well that take, take me down a peg. That's almost as depressing as Chris McCann's attempt at a tackle here <laughs> as he pulls down Schuler in the 52nd minute inside the box. Uh, Molino converts the penalty kick right after that, 1-0 to Minnesota. Uh, more shots, more clearances. Five stripes really kind of dominated the whole game. I haven't seen any stats from it yet. They don't have a whole lot of those going on yeah, the preseason, yeah. but I imagine the shot chart's pretty insane for us, um, especially in that second half. Uh, but then in the 86th minute, like we yelled about just a moment ago, Ezekiel Barco. Oh, oh man. Oh man. Gets, gets you going. It gets the people going. It gets the blood going. It gets, gets everything going. Comes in from the left, works around a couple of defenders, and then absolutely freezes the keeper. A stunner into the top right corner. Ezekiel Barco take a bow. His first goal in the five stripes. Made my nipples hard. There you go. <laughs> There. All right. We are learning so much I mean, about we're, we're, your depression and and sexual proclivities. It's it's very interesting. Putting, putting it all on the table right now. I, I love it. My true, my true, my Zico Barco is bringing my true feelings out. This is nice. This is nice. I feel yeah. like I feel like we're growing in it too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had a terrible joke. I'm not going to make it. All right. Uh, then after the 86 minute, uh, we get a few more chances. Even after that, even with limited time, Kevin Kratz actually stepped up to take a, a free kick and 
we had been talking about in the last episode how good he was at these things. And then Atlanta and I post this video of him banging in a free kick during training. And we just all kind of assumed it was going in and we were ready for it. And he just kind of just slapped it into the wall. But no worries. 1-1 final score there in Charleston in the Carolina Conference Challenge Cup, whatever we're calling it now today. I think it's uh, co- Coastal. Coastal Carolina, something like that. Coastal Carolina Santa Clear Challenge Cup. Great. Got it. But that's it. That's it. We, uh, we will not win the, the Chanticleer Challenge Cup, unfortunately. Uh, we are out of the running for that. Congrats to Columbus on their first big trophy of the year. I'm sure that will keep them there. I'm sure pre-court <laughs> was watching the entire time. Um, but yeah, all in all, probably, no, nah, not probably. Definitely the most impressive performance from a number of perspectives tonight for the five stripes in this one. Very much so. I mean, uh, it, it didn't matter if we would have won this game 3 nothing, or it, the score does not matter here. What matters is the overall performance. And outside of that, the one blunder from Chris McCann, I think what we saw tonight was just incredibly encouraging. Like, it doesn't feel like a draw at all. Like, it's it's kind of funny to think that it ended 1-1. Um, I don't even consider what the score was just because the performance was so good and all the signs that you wanted to see coming out of this game were so positive. So very, very happy with how it went. Especially towards that back end where you started to see uh, Franco Escobar get in, where you saw Tito Vajabo get in, and it really kind of seemed like we were getting closer and closer to that full 11 we'll see in Houston. Not the exact product, but some of the same end result. A lot of creativity, a lot of people coming from different places to make things happen. There were a lot of options for us to make things happen. And it's something we haven't seen in the preseason, and I think as we get towards the Houston game, I think there's a lot of reason for optimism from what we saw in maybe just the last 15 minutes tonight. Yeah, I think like you talk about Tito and Franco Escobar. When you If you add those two guys into the way that the rest of this group is starting to perform, you really only see one hole in the team. I mean, there, there's, there's not a lot of... Uh, weaknesses in this team other than you know that one glaring hole in central midfield that we have yet to resolve but if we can get that taken care of in one way or another everything else looks so good right now it's um it's exciting i, I just can't wait for the regular season to finally start because i'm sick of these shenanigans i just want to i just want to <laughs> see how we do it in a real competition my thing with the, the midfield spot is it really the end of the world if we have jeff learnett starting for three or four games i'm not saying play him oh. the whole 34 I'm just saying three or four games here to start of the year, maybe. It doesn't seem like a, a terrible problem yeah. to have. As long as Parky's back. We're still not sure about that center back spot. Agree, agree. I mean, I thought that Loren Woods looked really good in this game. I mean, I know, mm-hmm. and I and I, I, I kind of say that uh, with a grain of salt, because at c- center back, I think we both, you and I agree, it's not his best position. And it's not, like, it's not ideal for his strong point, his strong suits. Um, but I just thought that he still showed enough capability on the ball in that position to sh- that he could play very well in central midfield for us um, as long as he's you know healthy and energetic like he was tonight. Absolutely, and the speed isn't there. It, it's kind of never been there for him. Of course, there were a few times tonight where, uh, uh, gosh, what was his name? Obladi uh, Damati. So yes, that that guy, uh, real real money. quick, got in behind a few times, um, and mm-hmm. uh, you know showed that we're a little lacking in the pace department in the back yeah. there, especially yeah, running what's at the back. Yeah, I think that's why you don't want him back there. Is it? It's funny, you know. I feel like a lot of people think you should have like kind of your slowest or you know your least athletic guy 
in the back. But I mean, I think ideally you want him sitting right in front of those defenders because then you don't need to rely on him to run chase after strikers who are making runs through. Um, and then obviously, like with his size, he can win headers quite easily without having to jump too much against smaller, more diminutive central midfielders, uh, you know, attacking midfielders in, the, in that zone. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think he's definitely best suited to central defensive mid, but I agree with you that, I mean, if we have to go with him, you know, for a few games, I think we're fine. Uh, I I don't have any reason to believe that he would let us down, um, but, you know, it's just still an un, unresolved at this point position, but... Um, yeah, I mean, I don't want that to take away from the performance because everything I'm feeling right now is uh, amazing. It's, it's it's familiar. It's something we've kind of been missing. I think uh, we'd had that hangover since yeah. the Columbus playoff game. You know, we, we were riding so high going into that, and it's kind of it feels like we're getting back to that. I don't know if we can say we're there yet. Not until we beat Houston seven nothing, but we're close. Even we're before close. that Columbus game, you know, we kind of. We we had we had oh, had yeah, all those games Minnesota in a row. Game we were, You're right. Yeah, yeah. We we'd kind of gone gone down the skid down the stretch, and then um, yeah, and then the preseason didn't really you know start the way we wanted to. So uh, yeah, it's just fun to see us attacking and shooting, and it's like our old selves again. Yeah. Which is a ridiculous thing to say, by the way, that the preseason didn't start the way we wanted it to. <laughs> this whole thing's been so silly. But uh, no, a good result, I think, tonight. And you guys had questions about it. Let's go ahead yes. and head to our listener cues. Uh, first one up comes from Brandon Felder, at Brandon underscore Felder. They're on Twitter. He says friends, which is pleasant. He starts off with friends. It's real nice. I like that. Thank you, I like that. Uh, does Tata shield the world from seeing the true starting 11 against the battery or let or rip for the first 30 less all soak up the excitement of what this club will be? And I actually have a definitive answer from that. Um, we're going to see the reserves. It's going to be the kids. Yeah. It's going to be the reserves. Uh, Doug Roberson, AJC, confirmed that he's up there in Charleston. Uh, oh, did he? Okay. For, when asked for a source, uh, he said, was Tata Martino good enough for you? Um, so mm-hmm. there you go. There's your answer to the lineup question uh, for Saturday, but... Yeah, and, that, uh, and that's what he did last yeah. year too. He mm-hmm. in the, last year in the same competition in the last game, he played. Uh, he played the kids, played the reserves, gave them you know basically the whole game essentially, or as much as they could last on their legs. So um, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to that actually. By the way, but um, looking right. forward, you know, a lot of these guys haven't gotten a lot of run, uh, so I'm excited to see him play for a while in a full game. See what they can do. Yeah, going to be interesting. Going to be interesting. There is some concern, I think, from my perspective, that this the full eleven hasn't gotten enough time yet in real game minutes. Um, It could just kind of be a throw them in the fire and see what happens thing in Houston. Um, But then again, at the same time, not there's no team who's really had a whole lot of experience with their their first eleven so far in this preseason. I don't think Um, so. It's going to be an even playing field in Houston. It'll be a lot of fun to see the kids on Saturday. So, question number two. Comes from Patrick Greer at Firebreak on Twitter. Uh, have you seen any evidence that we'll be better at breaking down the bus this year? That's an interesting one. You know, I, um, I, I, I guess if you wanted to like start picking apart the performance, I, I think you could say that you know Joseph Martinez isn't really firing like we have seen him fire at his peak level before. Uh, and I think part of that may be due to these defenses playing deeper than we're than we you know like to play against. Um, and that probably hurts him because his strength is kind of sneaking in behind a center back and, you know, making those penetrating runs in. So um, I think, you know, I, I think that's still up for debate, but I, you know, I think you saw it from Barco tonight, the way that 
he is, and when he, especially once the game got about 20 minutes in or so, then Minnesota was really paying attention to him. They, they, they kind of sensed or acknowledged what kind of danger he presented. And once that happened, it really started opening things up for everyone else. So I think, I mean, I think it's going to be huge. Um, it, just his presence in there. I think we could be in trouble if, you know, if we're missing him or, um, you know, missing some people later in the season, if it's due to injuries or whatnot. Uh, I think it'll be some, definitely something to pay attention to. I mean, still going forward from here on out, but I think we'll be better. Uh, I mean, obviously it's hard to break down a team that just sits de- sits deep and tries to deny you, so we'll see. But um, yeah, I mean, I think kind of the obvious answer is, yeah, we're going to be better. Um, how good we are, I guess we'll, we'll we'll wait and see. They were about as deep as you could be parking the bus tonight. There were multiple times where the ball was cleared off the line or deflected right on the line. Um, but I think that... Darren Eels was very, very happy tonight because what he saw from Ezekiel Barco on that goal was probably exactly what he envisioned when he was like, let's find a guy who can dribble, who can make something happen out of nothing. And there it was. It was, it was kind of a microcosm of that all in one little play. And uh, that's encouraging. That's encouraging. It's not a definite answer, but it's it's a piece of it. It's a piece of it, I yeah. think. Yeah. I mean, we're still working with small sample sizes here, so exactly. you know there's still a lot to see. But yeah, you're totally right. I mean that that goal especially was the classic, uh, the classic goal. And then, but then I was maybe just as impressed. I mean, I, I don't know if I could say more impressed, but just as impressed with the uh, the pass that he had to Almiron that you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. where he sl- he slipped him in uh, for really a clear cut chance. It turned into it was a one on one for Almiron against the keeper. He just kind of smacked it right into the keeper. But I mean. In my head, when I saw that play developing, I was just expecting him to shoot, and I thought that that was so. Uh, it was that was just so fun to see him play that little pass. You, I certainly didn't expect it, um, and it's just fun to watch any kind of player who does things you don't expect it. You don't expect to happen on on the pitch. Uh, those are those are the players that always make you excited to watch. So. On top uh, of that, yeah, Almiron yeah. made the run in the first place, mm-hmm. which is yeah, yeah. He and that's a big thing to too. Get there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we we talked about kind of the la- the lack of chemistry that we've seen or or lack thereof uh, earlier in this preseason. So yeah, I mean, it was fun to see them really kind of playing better together tonight. I still think the uh, the Felipe Coutinho comparison kind of fits. I think that goal was very Coutinho esque. It was very Coutinho esque. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see how that develops and see if that kind of continues to fit uh, how we profile Zeke going yeah. forward. Yeah, I'll take the next question here. So we have uh, Ricky Ricardo at RJ's Modern Life. Uh, like that handle. Mm. Uh, throwback to Rocco. Um, he says, my question is better for preseason. This was like half of his tweet. He said, as a, as a kind of a preseason-y question, but um, Larry playing center back and Zizzo playing right back to get backup experience, is that better? Or would it be better to play Larry in defensive midfield and give Robinson some Miles Robinson some time at center back? What do you think is the better option to play? Uh, is, is it better to get Zizzo some time at right? Basically, it's do you give Zizzo time at right back and let Lorenowitz play center back, mm-hmm. where we where we where we need a center back, or do you play Lorenowitz in midfield, like you were mentioning earlier, and play Miles Robinson at center back? So it's kind of a, a, a it's kind of a toss up of do you want to Miles Robinson getting minutes or Zizzo getting minutes, um, and then that obviously affects Lorenowitz's play yeah i think it's a great question uh, it's one i thought about uh, a couple times this preseason um but no matter what my opinion is i'm not tata martino 
Um, I'm going to trust that he has the right idea here, and I'm going to think that maybe he had some concerns about uh, the depth at the back um, going forward and saw how it kind of affected us during the Columbus game when we were playing you know, a couple folks short in the back line with Garza and uh, I believe Parker out in that one. I know Lorenos was part of that back line and that one too. So to get them more experience um, and have a backup plan, have a fail-safe, may be more important to him. I think he trusts that, you know, a, a 45-year veteran like Lernowitz is going to know what to do once he gets in at his normal spot, uh, but may need more experience and time uh, yeah. at that center back spot. Same for Zizzo. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think in an ideal world, you would love to say, oh, yeah, I want to play our 20-year-old or 21-year-old center back you know, great prospect. He should play more. But I think um, the way I read into this in terms of how that playtime has gone is that uh, Zizzo is more likely to see the field in general than Miles Robinson is purely because Franco Escobar, we know that he's capable of playing right back or center back. So if a center back is needed beyond Laurentowitz uh, or Parkhurst, then it's probably going to be Escobar that makes that move inside and Zizzo will come into the game as opposed to Miles Robinson coming in to play center back and then Franco Escobar staying out wide. So, and I think that's probably a smart move. I mean, this is a veteran, veteran player. Um, you kind of know more what you're getting from him as opposed to Robinson. So, um, yeah, like you said, it's kind of hard to tell exactly what's going through his head, you know, not seeing them train um, every day. Mm-hmm. But that's that's just kind of the way I, I read that situation. It's just hard to imagine Zizzo as as any kind of defensive upgrade or stalwart, you know. Uh, yeah. When you when you bring him in, I feel like there's a lot of risk kind of inherent to him, especially because he has trouble getting back. And I'm not sure if it's uh, a, a in shape kind of thing or just the way he plays, but he has trouble getting back sometimes and we can get burnt on it. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of hard to imagine a scenario where I'll be – you know, happy to see Sal Zizzo come in anytime this year. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I thought he, I didn't think he played great tonight, but I thought he played better, or I, I at least noticed him less than than I than he had, and I think that um, the formation kind of suited him a little bit. I, I really don't think the wing back role is uh, something that he should be doing because his touch is not very good. Like when he mm. receives those long passes, those long raking passes from. Uh, Leandro Gonzalez Perez, he takes real heavy touches out there and um, he doesn't play the ball quickly. So it's hard to kind of establish an attacking rhythm through him. And when you're playing with wingbacks like that, you kind of need those guys to be good and kind of help spark the attack. That's that's how a lot of the attack gets built through the wings when you're playing in that kind of a, a formation. So I think the the four two three one suited Zizzo a little bit better. He could kind of just tuck in and not get caught out of position as much and not not have not feel like he was forced to be moving upfield so much in this game. Yeah, I agree with your assessment, Azizu, on that. I tweeted out uh, during the game that the best thing I can say about Sal Zizzo right now is I, I haven't thought about Sal Zizzo tonight. Um, <laughs> he was kind of noticeable, which was which yeah. was kind of nice. We weren't making mistakes where you were really going, oh, gosh, dang it, not this again. Um, so what's well, interesting to see, um, I just don't think Miles Robinson's a part of the plan. I really don't. Um, it just There's been no indication. And if definitely seems like a USL guy for sure. Yes. Which is fine. He'll get time. He's an athletic dude and he'll get a chance to grow and and learn there. Um, It's fine, but it proves that Tata Martino is a failure for not having (laughs) developed him. Thank you, Matt Doyle. Speaking of Matt Doyle, (laughs) we move on to question number four, which uh, apparently comes for Matt Doyle. Tweeted at the show. I don't (laughs) believe that for some reason, but uh, continue. He didn't, but, but 
He ha- he he's kind of uh, leading a, a brigade that generally leads to the question of how egregious is it that Andrew Carlton has twenty minutes of game time this preseason? Oh man, it it's kind, kind of a little bit of a leading bit of a leading question there. But, it is. You know. It is. <laughs> um, I love Andrew. I would love to see Andrew more. Uh, he's a Cobb County kid like me, um, and you know I, I really appreciate seeing him more. But uh, again, we're just not there in training. We just don't know. Of course, we see him come on. And he's always effective, and I would love to see that more. And maybe if he wows us on Saturday, um, there'll be more of a place for him. Uh, but it does seem like a, a an amount that you would like to be higher for sure, rather than twenty minutes. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, of course, I, w- I want to see him more. I want to see him as much as possible. But, you know, also this team, I want to see Atlanta United win a championship. And <laughs> if playing other players in preseason is going to help us do that, then that's what I'd honestly rather see. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's Tata Martino's job, too. Like, his his job is not to um, be a youth development uh guy you know like that that's that's just not his role now if we can do that then you know it helps it helps us and and obviously u.s soccer um and that's getting a little off off top off topic here but um yeah i mean we'll see him plenty in the next game and i really think that we will see him a decent amount this season and the regular season coming off the bench i I don't really have that many fears about that but i mean are you really going to put him in like is he's not going to start for the team. So why would you be giving him major minutes in preseason? You need to get your starters like primed and ready for the start of the season. So, um, you know, it'll, it'll come for him. And, and I think at the end, you know, all this competition is great for him as a, uh, as a developing player, he's having to force his way into a really good team. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's the same thing that Christian Pulisic did and he was good enough to do it. Um, we've seen so many stories and, examples of guys who were kind of handed handed the keys because they were anointed as you know the next big thing or whatnot and it's just not good for their development to be thrown into games when they haven't you know they haven't earned it i mean it sounds very you know old man get off my lawn um but i i think it's it's a good experience for him to have to fight for his minutes you know and and that's that's how it should be for any player not just andrew carlton he's 17 years old that's that's kind of the bottom line. He's he's yeah. got time. There's no reason to rush it. No reason to, as as much as we want to see it. He's still 17 years old. Um, so patience is the name of the game with a lot of this. And uh, I think we'll see Andrew a decent amount this year. No no real reason to worry, Matt. Thank you for calling in and listening to the show. I know first time first time caller, long time listener, Matt Dora. <laughs> um, let's move on to question five. Uh, this comes from Atlanta United underscore aficionado. At J- J- Jana Close, yeah, whatever. Get, get a better Twitter handle. Um, Zizzo dot dot dot. Is he a less athletic mirrors? And I, I want to okay. say something. Okay, hold on, hold on, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Before you do that, <laughs> I just want to, I, I just want us to answer this question simultaneously with a yes or a no, and then I'll let you go. All right. I'm so scared. Okay. Wait. One three. On- <laughs> I'm gonna count. I'm gonna count down to three. Okay. And then I want to. I want you to say yes or no. Okay. I'm gonna go one, two, three, and then say it. All right. Yes or no. Ready? Is Zizzo is he a less athletic mirrors? One, two, three. 
No. Yes. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. All right, Gosh go. darn it. Uh, well, first off, I just want to say that I, I forgot that Tyron Mears existed as a human and was a part of, of humanity in general. And when he popped up on my screen tonight, I audibly screamed. I was, I was watching by myself and I just yelled. I, I got very frightened. Um, I just had flashbacks or, or what. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, oh, hey, there, there's Time Mears. He, he was with us for a little bit. Uh, but gosh, less reminds athletic. me of like a teddy bear. I, I, I just think of him as like a teddy bear. That's a, he's like cute little, cute, cute Tyrone Mears. Uh, Ty was surly though. Ty was always just kind of like never, never smiling, never really happy to see anybody. I don't know. Maybe it's just kind of. That is true. No, no, that is true. Um, so a gr- grumpy teddy bear, uh, but less athletic. I don't know. Zizzo, Zizzo moves fine. <laughs> Neither of them are, are decathletes. Um, that's, that's a tough question. I don't know. I, I'd rather, I don't know. I just don't know. I will say, I mean, I will say, um, I mean, I think Zizzo is a le- less athletic version of Mears, but I think we can get more out of Zizzo if he is able to maintain, um, a certain level for longer than Mears did. I, I mean, with Mears, it was, it was, it's kind of unfair because we were, he's like, he was 34 last year, mm-hmm. I think 33 or 34. That's so old for a fullback. And we were playing him, you know, 90 minutes a game, um, every week. I mean, that's, that's really tough. And especially in Tata Martino's system where you want the fullbacks pushed up higher. So we kind of ran him into the ground and by mid May or, or, or mid June or something like that, he was like pretty much kaput. Um, and with Zizzo, maybe there it's a it's a it's a situation where uh, he's used more sporadically, so his fitness can kind of maintain a certain level, and uh, maybe he can give us more consistent minutes. You can only hope. You can only hope as long as he gives us one looping header from outside the 18 in the dying minutes of a game uh, that goes in somehow miraculously, then I'm okay with Sal Zizzo uh, being a Time Mirrors replacement. I just want that one time every year. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we don't really know the answer to that. We didn't learn that tonight. But what did we learn, Joe Patrick? Um. Well, I have a column coming out about this tomorrow morning, but um, we, I, I won't spoil all of those it. things. But Plug I think it, one, thing we, one thing we learned is that uh, I think the four two three one is just definitely the way forward for us. Um, we, you know, we've experimented with this three in the back this preseason, and I just thought we looked so much better and more cohesive uh, tonight, playing in a, just de- definitely a more traditional four two three one. Um, Seemed like McCann, I mean, I know he made that terrible mistake, but he did play better than he has so far this preseason, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think probably that's part part of it is just due to him playing in his most natural position there. And I thought, you know, I just thought everyone looked good and comfortable and kind of knew more what they were doing, um, which, is, you know, it's probably because a lot of these guys have played it before. They've played it, you know, a lot of the Atlanta United guys played it last year or, you know, Nagby's played in a four two three one much of his career. I mean, it's just a common formation. Um, a lot of players, professional players, pretty much every professional player knows it very well. So as opposed to some like three four three or some kind of more inventive type formation. So mm. I think that was one thing. Um, agree. That was one thing we learned. Uh, our second thing we learned here tonight, uh, our shirt quality is suboptimal. Now, my stream cut out like around like the 68th minute or something oh, like that. Stream.live? So stream.live uh, stream. cut out on you? 
<laughs> I don't believe it. <laughs> this back uh, back of the internet Russian site I was using cut out is it bizarre. Uh, but uh, no, nah, cut out on me. I, I think someone's shirt got ripped. You'll have to explain this one to me. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess if you didn't see it. So Joseph Martinez went up for a header um, that he damn near scored on, by the way. And uh, as he was going up, he was just getting his shirt tugged and his shirt just ripped. And it ripped like um, you can't. Uh, we're on a. Skype call right now so we can right. see each other but I'm trying to explain he like it ripped like <laughs> all the way like up and down it, like you could only see they only showed camera angles like from the back but it was like opening up fully like a it was like <laughs> opening up like a like a jacket or something like it was just um it was like a male stripper who had like ripped their shirt and it was like you know well, Joseph do, did doing say something sexy back and do some nude photos for him last that it, that so, is I mean, true it feels appropriate that is true, and maybe 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 uh, the camera guys were aware of you know his displeasure with the <laughs> the other the the old photos. So that's why they didn't want to get like a full frontal shot of him. Makes sense to me. Makes sense. I think I think there should be soccer crop tops. I'm always a big fan of the crop top when it pops oh, yeah. up in football. If we could if we could get a soccer version of that, just roll it up. Joseph wears his shorts really really high. Anyways, it's essentially a short crop top. That, so. Yeah, that is kind of the soccer equivalent, I, I guess, because it's like a thing they do in training too. They're always like pulling the shorts up, mm-hmm. kind of exactly. a, the the crop tops, kind of a training uh, football practice type thing, type gear. But yeah, that would be that would be good. Bring it to the top. Why not make a fashion statement? Uh, also making a statement tonight, Franco Escobar. I thought he was a lot better than Salzizo. Dude, just in that short amount of time, he was so good. I mean, like, ah. Uh, the, I think the most exciting thing about it was that he's not only was he better than Zizzo, but I think it's like he already looks better than any right back we had last year, you know, and like mm-hmm. last year we thought we had a great team. But now just seeing what he is going to provide, man, it is it is exciting. Like his quality on the ball looks just as good as like anyone anyone else on our team who, who's very good on the ball maybe not like a barco or almiron but like you know he, he looks like um like more or less like a like an lgp or a nagby or like s- someone who's just like very good technically um there was one he, point tonight where someone played a ball a diagonal ball into the 18 and he just brought it down top of his foot just one quick motion and it was smooth and it was just so much better and less clunky than anything we ever saw from mirrors or walks last year yeah yeah and i i know for me um bef- coming into this season we had signed him and i was kind of advocating that we needed to sign another right back um because i thought he would be more of a better as a center back i thought and i thought we needed a right back that was like a flyer that would get up be getting up and down the line and getting crosses in but you know now seeing him and seeing how good he is technically i mean i, I don't have any problems with him getting upfield um and i think he you know he seems athletic enough i mean definitely more so than zizzo or you know he seems like you know about as athletic as like a anton walks or something but just with way more quality in his feet so it's just very exciting he's a dude he's a scary dude he is he's, he's just a- <laughs> he's all tatted up he's, he's yeah jacked. he is uh he's at least increased our intimidation oh. factor yeah, I w- it was terrifying this week. I saw a picture. He posted a picture of himself at training. He has a massive Joker tattoo on, like on his whole forearm, <laughs> like the Joker from Batman. Like one, he he looks at that every day. He was creepy Joker. Day. Oh my gosh, it, man, he's a he's a bad bad man. It's awesome. 
It's so good. It's it's so good to have something like that right back this year. It's yeah, gonna be exciting. And uh, Franco Escobar also takes home another another big award tonight. He does. He's my he's my Lorenowitz man oh. of the night. Lorenowitz man of the night. Put in a great performance. We talked about it a little bit, but uh, if you didn't get to I, appreciate Frankie Escobar, he, he crushed it. Speaking of of the night, like I feel like Franco Escobar is a guy who just like he's like nocturnal. Like he like he lives in he lives during the night and he sleeps during the day. Maybe the uh, Batman thing goes further than we think. Maybe yeah. maybe it does. Yeah. Very interesting. Uh, Who was your Lorenowitz man? My Lorenowitz man, uh, Joe Patrick. Are you down with LGP? I am so down. Future captain. Oh, yeah, he's so good. So, so good. Uh, I had another great night tonight, uh, if you didn't get to notice it. Uh, but covering for Lorenowitz a little bit every now and then, uh, running over, uh, slide tackling everything he can. Um, <laughs> so, uh, about... Every single person on Atlanta United Twitter made some variation of the joke. Uh, he would slide tackle your grandmother, your kid sister, uh, the freshman JV team, whatever. Uh, he, he's going to slide tackle them. It's just the way LGP rolls, and uh, he was phenomenal once again tonight. He was. He was like he looked, he looked like he was in midseason form. To be honest, like he was he was intercepting passes. Um, he's so good at reading a. a, a, a a bad touch and just and just smothering a play on one you know he reads one bad touch from an Abba Dunlady or an Ibsen that he just kills the kills the play and just either clears it or, or just or just takes the ball away and, and and then I was also just very impressed with his passing I mean his range of passing was fantastic tonight um, sometimes it didn't pan out because a lot of his passes were going to Zizzo and they would go literally right to him and then Zizzo would hit it you know five yards with his first touch and we'd lose the ball or something but. Um, I mean, his pin, his passing was pinpoint tonight. I was so impressed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just another phenomenal all around performance. I was just being a great performance again from the five stripes tonight, uh, which leads us to our final segment of the night. As always, our quote of the night, uh, comes from a random guy in the crowd. Uh, the, the crowd mic was picking up a little bit, uh, in, on the Charleston stream, and everyone in the crowd, for some reason, sounded a little bit warped, a little bit talk boxy, like they were in a Peter Frampton song. And uh, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Jeff Lernowitz is coming up uh, the right side, and I hear some dude yell, Come on, Jeffrey! And it struck me <laughs> as real, real strange to hear Jeff Lernowitz, the, the, uh, the man's man. Was it his... Do you think it was like was it his dad? Oh, it, ha- it must have been. Maybe that was it. Maybe maybe I'm calling out this guy for calling him <laughs> Jeffrey, like he's a 12 year old who just you know is, is too far behind while they're walking to school. Uh, so we can, we can, I think we can safely categorize this quote as "Come on, Jeffrey" by Mister Laurentowitz. <laughs> I think so. I think so. I gosh, I would love to meet his dad. I bet he's just full of wisdom and just stories. Oh, I bet he's yeah. I bet he's huge into stock trading as well. Absolutely, he's got a Absolutely. he's got a great portfolio. He's got a lot of gold for sure. A great portfolio and an excellent woodworking shop is you know, <laughs> yeah. that's the two things yeah. he said that anyone really needs. And he's kind of upset that his son chose to play soccer instead of going into bearer bonds. But I mean, he <laughs> he, he he accepts him now, and that's why he showed up tonight just to tell his boy, "Come on, Jeffrey." And then he left. He had something. He had the meeting to get to. Right <laughs> right. He walked in and came back, back out. <laughs> He has to get. He has to go to sleep, man. It's late. It is late. Speaking it's of late. late, it is late. So let's go, let's go on. Go ahead and get on out of here. So thank you everybody for listening, downloading the podcast. Again, you can get in contact with us 
once the season starts, we'll be broadcasting on Facebook on the Dirty South Soccer page. So make sure you're following them. You can follow us at Five Stripe Final on Twitter. You can email the show, Five Stripe Final at gmail.com. And you can follow us. We haven't done this. We haven't plugged ourselves yet, Sam. Mm. Uh, I'm at J- I'm at J Patrick 200 on Twitter. What are you? I'm at J underscore Sam Jones. The J is very important. That's uh, uh, yeah. Check us out. Uh, also check out our stuff on Dirty South Soccer. We're always posting. Joe's got an article out tomorrow. I have a weird promotional thing coming out Friday. That's going to be a lot of fun. Hope you look forward to that. Uh, we got it's going to be stuff. great. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited. Season's almost here, guys. Hold Season's on. Season's almost here. Hold on. Be strong, as Outcast once said. All right, y'all. Shout out Ryan Catney. Shout out Kenny Rogers. Shout out Migo. Shout out Zaytoven. Uh, shout out. Shout out Andre. And um, shout out me. I've, I've had a good day today. Shout out me. Shout out Jorge Thieler. Shout out Alex Turner. Shout out uh, Drake. And <laughs> and uh, yeah, that, that's good enough. I'll, I'll, I'll save some shout outs for uh, when do we play Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. All right. Well, we'll see you Saturday. Cool. Bye, all. Bye. Take a good hard look at the motherfucking boat. Yeah. I'm on a boat, motherfucker. Take a look at me. Straight